0: Does everything have a bright side to it? Of course. It doesn't always outweigh the negatives, but everything has a bright side to it. This makes happiness a choice. And here we say that the discipline of being happy is the ultimate discipline. With that said, welcome to the Ultimate Discipline Podcast, where we meet with people who are practitioners of this exact discipline and we hear their cool stories of cultivating happiness through challenges in their life. I am your host, Sean Greenspan. Let's get to it. Jordan, good afternoon, man.
1: How are you? It's good to see you, Sean.
0: It's good to see you too. It looks like a different background than your tropical or not tropical, your desert Tucson background. Are you uh, Are you home or are you traveling?
1: Uh, currently traveling. Happen to be in New York seeing my family, my niece. She's now nine months old and growing so it's nice to be able to check in here. My my folks still live in in New York, but we left them behind for the Sonoran Desert and we're living in Tucson, Arizona now. So it's (laughs) a beautiful tangent pace and scenery.
0: Jordan, I I love following your travels online. Um and you know for for those that don't know, um Jordan's the founder of an ed tech business. Uh, he has is a pretty cool uh, background and um, you know being being a founder, especially you know a company, you, you you know your company has so many different facets to it. You know the back end tech side, you know the client facing side, the management side, um, and uh, and the fact that you're able to create space for yourself to travel. I know that you're still working, but. Um, You know, I I know you you visited, what, 40 national parks in the last few years, and you got a a, a good work-life balance, Um, and that's something I admire of you, man, for sure.
1: Yeah, um, I have to thank my wife, honestly, for a lot of that. I mean, we um, got married in October of last year, but had been dating for about five years as of this June. So we've been together a while, and um, I think one of the things I learned about – both in business and in, you know, relationships, you need people that balance you out and truly like yin and yang through the, through the, the, the way that you want to live life. And it's not, it's not just like, you have to understand that like if you're not willing to be an adventurer, then dating someone who wants to be an adventurer doesn't necessarily mean that that's yin and yang, right. It has to be, you know, my wife is an excellent operations person and like loves to plan and, you know, ensure that we pack in the most based on the amount of time we have and when we need to be working and who we want to see along the way. And, you know, I'm the spontaneity and um, a little bit of the, the pure strength to, to get us through the long drives, the, the moving in and out of the car um, and some of the other aspects that are a little bit more intensive. So I, you know, I certainly think it's really about identifying partners and people in your circle who compliment you in ways that truly, you know, you wouldn't be able to do things without. And that's like the recipe for success. Now, you know, as you, as you get cooking, things get hot and messy, but, um, but, (laughs) but truly uh, I do think that it really comes down to, you know, having those key ingredients.
0: Dude, I love the way you said it. And yes, it's not, it's not quite as straightforward as that all the time when you're executing, but what is. Um, but no, man, I mean, that's awesome. And for for those that don't know, I met uh, Jordan in Hawaii. Well, it was like, was it late at night or super early in the morning? Because the sun was going down. We were going to see the, oh, sun was going down. So it was afternoon. Um, and we were, uh, we were in Hawaii uh, and we saw lava. First time I've ever seen lava down at Volcano National Park. And um, that was your honeymoon, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we, um, we during COVID, were living in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Decided um, to quarantine in Arizona, so stayed there from about March through um, July fourth. Was actually like the first weekend we decided we're out. We got out of that New York City lease, and that we wanted to start exploring. And um, kind of our motivation was to do stuff outdoors because. You know, COVID was...
0: COVID, yeah. (laughs) So
1: um, our whole... And it was nice because this kind of for us was um, a year earlier than most other people got on board with trying to see national parks um, and going to explore and all that wonder that comes along with the the journey between the parks. We actually have uh, officially visited 45 over the last two years um, across uh, pretty much like most of the West coast and mountain time zone Um, with that, you know, by staying in Arizona, that was actually,
0: those are the good ones. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an extremely beautiful and unique area of the country, especially coming from the East coast where, you know, the closest national park is either Acadia, which is in Maine or Shenandoah, which is in Virginia. Um, So those are pretty far away. Uh, And so there's really not a lot of access to beautiful, um, at least, nationally recognized parks. I think, you know, I, I got a chance to go upstate New York this past weekend to see some friends. Beautiful. And Appalachians and um, Adirondacks. I mean, they're beautiful. They're beautiful places, but they're no, they're, those are not mountains compared to what we get in the mountain time zone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, I was thinking about that because you said, you know, uh, about your wife being so much more on the operational side. You're like, yeah, where you guys were in Hawaii for whatever, two weeks. And you went to like six or seven different islands. And I, <laughs> and I was, I was so impressed that you were able to, you know, get that done. Um, and that you, you're right though. There's a, there's a balance and we need to understand, uh, the weaknesses that we have, you know, and, um, and find someone that can help with that. Cause like you said, you know, you're probably more spont- spontaneous cause you know that you have the strength to push through yeah. it, but uh, you know, you probably do need a little planning there and you know, that's, that's pretty yeah. important. I you I, said with,
1: yeah. I think that was yeah. probably one of the most profound things I've learned as an entrepreneur is, you know, you, you, by, by being an entrepreneur, you're kind of saying to the world, like, I have a better idea than what the status quo is and, you know, I certainly hope I think I'm right. And your whole goal is to convince people who are going to work for you, people who are going to buy your product that you're right. Right. But at the end of the day, um, one of the most humbling things that you learn as a increasingly more successful entrepreneur is that it's almost the exact opposite. You have to ask for help and you have to teach people um, and understand yourself how to engage in, um, a vulnerability that says, hey, I can't take on the world by myself. I need help and resources. And you seem like you have what it takes to help us get to that next level. And a lot of the work we do with students is centered around that. It's giving them experience to offer help and ask for help and engage in a professional dialogue through projects and mentorship um, that they otherwise wouldn't be having because so much of school and work is like, a major dividing line as opposed to a really nice collaboration between you know, academia and industry. And that's really what we're trying to do is help make the, that bridge function and allow students to, to thrive and and course correct and understand what the world is like and, you know, serve people and be served by people. And I think it's really hard to do that unless there's real cooperation between the two.
0: Yeah, right. I, I It's a... Uh... It is interesting starting a business, leading a business, and asking for help. Um, I I I had that today. Like I I went into not just help from the employees you work with, clients. You know, like I had a client that was like I I like to call them partners because that's the way I I view things. And I had a partner today that we're we're talking about a goal that definitely fell within our scope, but our scope of work isn't. entirely comprehensive throughout the process right so with them we're helping them create short form social media content for all different channels and right we're not flying out to them and recording it we come up with the strategy the ideas they document it we then edit it post it you know write the captions engage on the platforms all that um and i had to ask them you know for help, and I actually got a response I didn't love. <laughs> the response was like, you know, th- this is in your field. Like, can't you handle it? I'm like, look, like we're like a, you know, we're a team here. Like, this is not something that we do. You know, I don't, I know, you know, it's not in our scope because we're not good at it, right? And it's something that you guys are responsible for. And um, and then we went on oh, like on an internal call, and it was the same. We're we're trying to handle the same problem, and a very similar thing happened that. Um, we're trying to like basically develop a campaign schedule for them and I just I don't know I don't know if I had a creativity block but I didn't feel like I had it in me Jordan <laughs> so I asked everyone and it was awesome my team's great like they just jumped on it they loved the the chance to uh, to dive in with some ideas there but um, I want, I, before we dive too much into it you want to give the the quick elevator pitch on what you do
1: yeah sure. Um... Well, so um, CapSource is a business that's about six years old. Um, we started um, with a very narrow focus, which is something I recommend for new entrepreneurs. Don't try to change the world in a, a massive way. Just start with a tiny way and then listen to your customers. So <clears throat> we're um, you know, we trying to bring experiential learning to students. And what that is is a chance to gain experience while you're a student um, and not just be told like, hey, you know, memorize this curriculum and perform on your exams. And one day you'll be a working professional that, you know, is out there in the real world. We want to bring the real world to the students, bring the students to the real world and create an environment that's collaborative and productive for both the students and the organizations that we partner with. And um, to date, you know, we've been now around for um a while and have evolved our technology and our approach, but you know, we offer universities different modules to engage their students in experiential learning. Um, and we also offer for, the, for industry, um, you know, corresponding tools that allows them to get involved with uh, what we call as experiential hiring. So it's giving um, talent a chance to learn about your organization first in a very authentic way, um, perform on a project, and then ultimately get hired. Um, And so, um, of course, hiring is not the only outcome because this is curricular. Students are getting credit to work on these projects and engage in in mentorship and other tools. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, the best outcome that we could ever ask for is to see students uh, use these experiences to get employment um, and to be satisfied with that employment not only just from an earnings perspective, but from a fulfillment perspective. And I think that's one thing that ties very nicely to the theme of your podcast, Sean, is like, how do you um, achieve happiness and and fulfillment as a working professional, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're the lowest of the totem pole at an accounting firm, which is where I thought I was going to be. And I think it's really um, ensuring that there's alignment from the get-go. And I think it's really hard to do that if the curriculum within institutions is very disconnected from the real world practice. And so it's a lot of culture change that we are trying to champion for these institutions, Uh, but we can tell they're hungry for it, um, for a a way to make those those things happen for their students uh, and their communities. So glad to be a part of it. uh, Yeah, it's been scaling and improving from a product perspective a lot over the last year. So we're really excited about some of the new outcomes and growth that we've seen.
0: I appreciate what you're doing. You know, I've had the chance to work with you and um, it was so cool to work with those students. And I see, I mean, that's what internships are, right? It's like, it's just so important. And to be able to have the guidance, not only from the business, but have it like structured as a course where, you know, people from the school are guiding them through it too is awesome. Um and I think the alignment piece that you hit on is really really critical um to to happiness like you know we we talked about that as an entrepreneur right you're kind of trying to make a change in the world right that's why you're you're doing what you're doing and uh getting the chance to getting a chance to do that right out of school is super, would be not necessarily start your own company but like work with something that you're more aligned with i mean I think that's that's kind of, I'm seeing that as a, a culture shift that people are realizing it um, early in life, almost too much because you get the, you get like very entitled younger generation I feel like now, but you do get people that are hungry to live a quality of life that they feel they deserve. And that is something that I am all behind and I respect and support and uh, want to, you know, be a, be a part of that change for sure.
1: I mean, think about like what, you know, I, I, I don't look at Gen Z as entitled. I, I mean, mostly because they're like my key users. And like, I hate when older generations look at younger generations and critique them because the reality is, it's like, like, this is the bed we made, right? Like we created these social um, platforms that allow people to see into the lives of the people that they admire, right? And Why would you then tell them, well, you know, we don't want you, you know, you can't get a meeting with the CEO as a, you know, first year associate. And it's like, wait a minute, right? Like they're one click away from me and now I work here, right? I should be able to have a conversation. Now the reality is like, maybe you, maybe it's going to take a while to earn your way into the room. But one thing that I think they're entitled to is a chance, right? A chance to get in that room and for what it's worth, that's how I built my entire business is getting into rooms of CEOs and convincing them um, with moments of time to pitch um, the value proposition to just care a little bit more about the university around the corner or around the world and the students um, that they're trying to teach. So I know it's tough to say, like, to, to, to you know, you can't blanket in general, um, an entire generation, but I, I really do feel it's a result of the way in which we've kind of created this opportunity for them to 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 see and and materialize their own happiness and make that possible uh, yeah. the way that like the boomers like they basically could barely see you know three doors down what they were doing inside and what those people did professionally now i can on linkedin as long as i know someone's name look up you know, where they went to school and every job they've had since right
0: so it's yeah important. and and they're like their best reflection on it and like the highlights yeah I mean it's cool I think social media is powerful I think there's a lot of change that could happen hey I I built my business around it right um and I do I think it's great like the opportunities that it gives people so I I, I do I do respect that for sure and you know, but kind of tying back to what you were saying of giving people a chance to, to work closer to like their passions and their missions and what they're really trying to accomplish. To me, that's that's the the biggest gift that social media and the internet in general has given. Is there's just more choices now. There's more opportunity, and that's that's just such a beautiful thing. Um, talk to me a little bit about. Uh, what that looked like for you, you know, as far as like trying to not necessarily like how you started the company, but like efforts you've taken in the past to work more in line with your missions and values.
1: I mean, I think, I think the first things first is to decide on what is your mission, uh, and then do the best you can at every moment to honor that because that's, uh, it's like brand authenticity and it's your authenticity as a human. So I th- I think if you're not like fully conscious of what change you want to make, it's hard to be an entrepreneur. But I don't think that this just applies to entrepreneurs. I think it applies to every working professional and you know where, where they see themselves in a few years within that organization, or if they don't see themselves within that organization, it's understanding why and then trying to make sure that you don't make the same mistake twice because you know it's you know fool me once you know shame on me fool me twice twice no, fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me right so if like you're you're given a chance to make an improvement um, and navigate away from a field of work or um, navigate towards um, an organization that more aligns with your values then you're in a place now where you're going to be more fulfilled contributing, even if the work is harder. Right. And I think there's one thing that I've noticed is that certain industries, they literally have the culture of working so much harder than other industries, but because it's the culture and because the people who survive in there opt in with their eyes wide open, um, that then becomes like the part of the mission It's like, we want to make a change because we're going to work the hardest to make that change. And like, I think the finance industry is like one of the coolest examples of that. Like I couldn't make it, you know, basically through an internship in the financial services industry, um, let alone like work in my career. And that, from that perspective, doesn't like mean that that industry um, has any demerits. It really is the opposite. It's like, I respect deeply um, the mission and vision and culture that is created by the, um, by those organizations and the way it's instituted from the highest level of management down to, you know, those first year associates. So, yeah, I I think it's, it's a constant battle. It's a personal check and balance. Um, but again, you know, don't make the same mistake twice. And, you know, sometimes it's frustrating to have to stick things out, um, believe that things can be better work to make things better. At the end of the day, if something really doesn't align with you, um, then truly it's, it's eating at you one bite at a time. And, you know, slowly but surely it's going to demoralize you. Um, And so you want to feel like that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there, there's, there's a couple things in there. There there are some gems in there, Jordan. (laughs) And there's a couple things in there that uh, I want to unpack. You know, I think the first, is you said, like have a mission statement and that doesn't mean uh, you have to start a business. Like we said, like mission statement just as a person. Like what, what are you here to do? And I don't want that to come across. I don't want to first of all come across like I'm an expert on this, but I do feel like I've been able to live my life around what I think my missions and values are. I, the tips I would give is don't feel like that 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 mission can't ever change and uh, don't make it too big of a project to, to find. But You know, if you're gonna work towards it and you're gonna like try to optimize your life towards it, it you know it is worth a lot of quiet time and reflecting and talking to friends and talking to family and reading books and you know kind of doing different things to get inspired and then come to an answer and then change that answer and uh, you know really like just also kind of take a toll on what do you do like you know when you go through a day or a week what excites you you know what what gets you excited and you know really, uh, motivated to continue working. I think, I think one of the best quotes I heard Jordan was, uh, by this guy, um, named Naval Rafi Um, and he, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he, uh, he has a quote that said, the key in life is to find something that feels like play to you and work to other people. Um, and I, I kinda, I kinda love that because, you know, that's, I mean, that's a competitive advantage that money can't buy. You know, if, if you're just willing to, if 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 it excites you to work and someone else is draining, you know. I mean, that's just that's just a win right there for
1: sure. Um, it's like arbitrage. It's like yeah. <laughs> human human uh, and intellectual like uh, human capital and intellectual capital arbitrage because it's not necessarily that um, that no one else. can it it's just that you are willing to do it and enjoy it and others do not
0: <laughs> and do it and do it longer and and you like naturally want to get better you know what i mean like uh it seems it's like hey you're chasing down like national parks right like that's it takes a lot of there's opportunity cost there's hard cost. there's time energy scheduling you know there's a lot going on there but you know there's something in you that makes you feel like hey I want to go see the country ex- experience these things right you know that's that's not something that someone could compete with if that was to be what you centered your business around well what, what would a business be around visiting national parks write a book about national parks
1: yeah there are plenty of those that's what I was gonna say there's um you know it's what you realize by becoming like you become an enthusiast a little bit about something is how much other people have really developed um, similar enthusiasm or have taken it to a level that you never imagined. And so um, there's a couple um, named Matt and Karen Smith that have a book called Dear Bob and Sue. They have a podcast um, and their whole thing is national park enthusiasm. I mean, they give you the, the, the play-by-play what they do when they go they give you the, the the fun parts of where they slept and some of the complications that came along with it and hikes they recommend and weather different times of year i mean it's literally amazing um and they just like keep making content and i actually reached out to them on instagram once just to say thank you and you know they responded and were like yeah we love doing this like it's like literally turning something that we love into our work it is work right like they're trying to like Generate revenue for their, you know, their personal family um, in order to support their enthusiasm for the national parks. And it's like, you know, Andrea and I decided we took a lot of pictures, you know, but we weren't going to blog about it because that's an opportunity cost. You know, I'd rather go home and you know take this energy and put it into my enthusiasm for experiential learning and you know and and revolutionizing the higher ed industry um, and not take it home and. And uh, and and you know get distracted with writing a blog on you know the the national park. So I think it's all about deciding what you want to double click on, how much time you want to invest into it, and if you really want to make something a career or a, or a job or a startup business, or is it something that's like actually just a hobby? Um, and then that's okay too, you know, to have hobbies and to to get into to new things that expand other aspects of your life but you know you have to be within reason it's you know we're not missing work to go to national parks we're not um trying to cover our costs um by you know producing value of some sort so it's like you kind of think differently about hobbies than you do about work
0: dude <laughs> I, I feel like uh i feel like i get a lot of, I get a lot of thoughts coming to my head from like all these different uh you know, all these different, I don't know, little are going on. And I, I'm loving it because the first, thing, the first thing that comes to my mind is understanding that some things are just for fun, right? Some things are just for the hobby. And I know that sounds like obvious, but we have like, so we're in this like age of abundance now, which is awesome, right? Information like is readily available, you know, oftentimes for a lot of people, for a lot not, but you know, things like uh, food and experiences are readily available. And that wasn't the case a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, really before technology. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because we need to start saying no to things more. Um, And that's really what I'm seeing in the age of abundance. We need to understand possibilities are everywhere. Dream big, chase your dream, but be somewhat focused on your dream because, you know, I find myself getting overwhelmed, like with wanting to do everything, you know, like Jordan, I work out twice a day. I'm like, and I love it. And I'm kind of like, dude, I should like document this. And like, you know, I could start, you know, getting like training people and this and that, but there's a, it's not like there's just a positive to that there, that time and energy has to come from somewhere. And I realized, you know, the exercise is just going to be The exercise, you know, I'm just going to do it because I enjoy it. It's healthy for you. It feels good. It's actually my time to get away from all that other stuff. Um, And talking about exercise, and you mentioned when you're an enthusiast, right, you find other people. I started finding that my favorite things to do was like hiking, but I also like running. So I love trail running. Um, And I got into it and I found out two years ago, there's things called ultra marathons, which are longer than marathons. And i was like, what is that? Um, and I signed up for one, it's a 50 kilometer, it's like a little longer than a normal marathon. And, uh, then I found out like there, dude, there's 50 mile races, there's hundred mile races. Um, and I've been progressing slowly. I have friends doing 200 mile races that take three or four consecutive days of running and you just, you go into this hole and like you, it's, it, it's awesome because you find, you know, you can make friends and learn because people are way ahead of you, but yeah, you go, you start going down a rabbit hole and other people are there. And you know, that's, that's one of the beautiful things is trying to go on the journey with other people as well. You know? Yeah. Like,
1: meet, yeah. You know. I, I, um, I, I love what you said is like finding enthusiasts and then you're like, you know, how much more do I double click on them? Um, And then obviously, I think one of the things we kind of mentioned earlier, but everyone is really just truly one degree of separation away. Like, um, you know, just today I found out that the CEO of Logitech accepted my request on LinkedIn. And I was like, I literally responded to him. We originally was kind of, you know, just canvassing and trying to pitch projects and stuff that's going on in our platform that we're trying to get fulfilled. And I stopped for a moment and I was like hey, I I love your products, right? Like I really like appreciate you. Um, And I I just wanted to say that and I would love to to get your feedback on my business and see if there's ways we can support you. And what I realized is a lot of like what we're trying to do from a business standpoint is to help people um, in the process of developing those types of interests and the tools to engage mentors in a meaningful feedback loop. Because... Ultimately, what I've realized about creating good mentorship relationships is that they want to see you progress. A lot of times mentors will set these really high bars for you to accomplish. And then it's really hard to like, you know, pivot your business in like a few weeks. Like you need sometimes these objective statements that I get from my mentors are like, like months, if not some of them years, but I make it a habit just like I know you do to check back in with these people and close that loop and say, hey, I want to show you what I developed based on some of the advice that you gave. And so I think the main thing about growth is coming at every single situation with a mentor from a standpoint of inquiry um, and mutual interest. So if you find someone who is more advanced than you in an area. It could be anything. It could be computer science languages. It could be marathoning. It could be be cooking. There's literally endless amounts of areas. How can you leverage them where it's productive for them too? And I find that, I always say it's like, it's called the learning lean is that you should either, at every standpoint in your life, you should either be learning or teaching on some subject. And the basic gist there is like, you learn from people who have more expertise and knowledge, and then you solidify that knowledge by teaching others what you learned, right? And if you really live that way, like you're developing this learning lean where you're leaning into learning constantly, you're constantly growing, you're asking better questions, you're answering people's questions, you're presenting yourself better, and you're putting yourself in a position to grow, along with your organization. So that would be, that's like my my kind of fuel that fuels me to keep doing what I'm doing, which of course, like everything, gets really um, challenging at times and time consuming and resource consuming and all consuming, but they're crucial to co- overcome these. And I think it's moments of like seeing Logitech CEO, you know, accept my request, like, hey, I feel like I'm making it somewhere.
0: Yeah. The little dopamine spike. Dude, learning lean. I I really enjoy that. And that, I mean, that really is, you know, it's like, it's funny. I sometimes realize something I'm trying to work on is not trying to like change people if they're not maybe asking for it or something like that. And because I naturally, I spend a lot of time trying to learn and work on myself. And then when I find something clicks, Jordan, I want to share it with people not share it with people like, hey, look what I did. Like, hey, is this something you're trying to do? And if I get the sense they are, it's like, this is what works for me, right? You know, take it, tweak it and let it run with you. Um, and you know, I get that fulfillment out of helping people, right? It's like, I learned this one weird specific thing that came into my life. How can I help you? Um, and so I I resonate with that a lot. I'll actually, (laughs) I'll actually tell you, uh, I was, I was with some buddies a couple months ago, Jordan, and I was talking with them about things that I learned from like a few books. And one of my buddies who is a little more on the immature side, I would say, he actually was like making fun of me. He goes, Sean, you're just like, you're like, these aren't your thoughts. You're just sharing what you learned in books. (laughs) And I was like, isn't that learning? My buddy, I was like, isn't that what learning is? Like, you read like subset of books in a certain area and formulate your own opinions and share them with somebody. Uh, and it was funny because he, he was trying to pick on me, but I, uh, I, I just kind of, I don't know. It was like a good visual for me to think about just like how we learn, right? Like we gather as much information as we can. And um, I think I always think teaching is actually the best way to learn because it forces you to articulate things in your own words um, versus simply repeating what you might be hearing, um, or just taking it for what it is and not really going through that that process.
1: Yeah, I think authentic mentorship. You know, it's it's kind of tough because one of the things that we're trying on the platform now is like peer to peer mentoring. To industry, you know, partners can mentor each other. To students, can mentor each other. A student can get mentored by an industry, you know, professional. So. There's like really no reason why you can't just let the, the ecosystem connect and get mentored by each other. And, you know, really, if you think about it and you synthesize down like what that means, it's like there's some people who are might be more experienced in some area, but you've queued up, you know, to mentor them. Right. In some unique situation where you're both interested in connecting on a mutual subject that you guys think is interesting. Right. And so I think what's really cool is like as a mentor or just a leader in general, you need to figure out how to facilitate learning, not necessarily be the person that understands the answers to their questions, but to shed light on things that works for you on interesting tidbits. It's, you know, by nature, what our conversation here is about, right? Like you're going to take the context around, you know, Post episode fifty, you know, all those people as predecessors to me have you incorporated your conversations and best practices into this, right? And now we'll take this and continue to develop best practices until you get to that hundredth. and then the same thing for the thousand, and then of course you're developing expertise. You might have you know the best guest of all time be your ten thousand guest. Or it might have been your first, right? And so like the reality is, that's okay. And you're going faci- to figure out how to facilitate a learning experience for enough- for others by going through this process and having these conversations and encouraging both of us to reflect. Neither one of us knew what we we're going to be talking about today. But the reality is we're both prepared for it because we know each other, we're comfortable and you know you're a good facilitator. And that's what's going to create a context for, you know, meaningful conversation and connection and also both of our growth. Because if we don't think the key to experiential learning, John Dewey's um, uh, model, reflection, right? So, like, after this conversation is over, you need to reflect back on what you talked about, what you worked on, right? And this goes for work. It goes for hobbies, you know, I, I started picking up woodworking. I'm not a good work, woodworker. Started picking up um, cactus propagation and, and 0 xeriscape landscaping down in Arizona. Never did that once in my life before. But I'm finding great mentors. I'm facilitating conversations with people who are more experienced and less experienced than me, who are interested in learning some of the same stuff I am. I'm questioning some of the stuff I'm reading. I'm getting good feedback on it. Um, and so all of those things are like contributing to momentum towards me becoming better and growing. And I think that's what this podcast, I think that's what, you know, content-based um, experiences and, and project-based experiences are all about is, is accomplishing that growth by being in a situation and being open to knowing, maybe I don't know the right answers, but I certainly can help yeah. asking the right questions.
0: Dude, to tell to- expand on the reflection piece a lot, because um, what came to mind when you were talking about the importance of reflection in growth and learning, um, what came to mind to me was when you read or listen to a self-help book or podcast and then do nothing with it, (laughs) right? Or uh, when you have a meeting with a lot of ideas and don't really take action on it, right? (laughs) Like Those those are the things that came to mind. Is that kind of how you were uh, is that kind of what you meant by like reflecting on it? Or in this case, right? Like we had a podcast, not only reflect on what we talked about, and what I learned from you, but re- reflect on like um, how it was set up, how we were prepared, how it was facilitated, you know, things like that.
1: Yeah. The more natural it's part of your process, the more effective you're going to be at improving. I think that's what the efficiency in learning factor is. Um, I don't think that's a, like an established thing. I think that's kind of what I, my my take on it. So all of our philosophy of education, my philosophy, the business's philosophy that I run um, is based on really two people. A foundational person is John Dewey. And he's the one, he's got a, an amazing wealth of of resources and books on kind of like thinking through like how people learn and how do you Challenge people to grow, and what type of context? It's a it's a very um, traditional, you know, delivery of uh, it's it's very funny to listen to experiential learning books and their books, which are by virtue not experiential, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I like about um, David Kolb, which is the um, kind of a subsequent global thinker of experiential learning, is that he created a model for you to use. To help explain experiential learning, so it's not John Dewey's lecture on experiential learning; it's David Kolb's model on how do you exp- like do and then reflect in order to make um, progress in a certain area. And the key is if you don't reflect by doing, I guess, I guess two thing, two key things. One aspect is what happened right during that experience, and then how am I going to use what happened in the future? um, And how does it apply to my life, right? And in any capacity, you can be in a room where you're talking to a successful CEO, and you might learn how to be a better um, zero scape, uh, you know, uh, expert, right, you could technically take lessons from one area and apply it to others. But at the end of the day, the way that that happens is you have to reflect and you don't have to do it formally. I think a lot of times in school, they ask you to reflect. It's like ranking things quantitatively, reflecting in certain areas qualitatively um, and sharing that, you know, with an educator um, or with your peers, you know, which is also part of that reflection exercise. But sometimes it could just be like dedicating a moment in time to be like, how did that go? And like, if I could do it again, what would I do differently? And, you know,
0: I think that's a, I I, I think that's the moneymaker. So uh, being formal with things, documenting things is critically important. Um, And I think that's what, you know, when these experiential learners are writing books, that's what they're doing. They're just trying to formalize it. But being in a habit of reflecting after a lot of things you do, even when you go to bed, how is the day? you know like you know today today jordan i love running i've got to the point where it just i enjoy it and i i like went to bed early last night and stopped watching monday night football which i love so i could get to bed early you know i actually had some friends that wanted to drink beer but i was like no i'm not going to go out and have a couple of drinks because i want to run the morning i fought my alarm in the morning you know got ready and i ran for a few hours and when i got back i quickly like transitioned to the next thing cool now I got to shower, make breakfast, go start work, right? And I and I literally just took two minutes. It's not like I did anything fancy and I just started stretching. I was like, let me just think about that run and like soak in it. Like I enjoy it. That's why I made all these sacrifices for it. A lot of times like you got to learn from it, reflect on it, enjoy it. And I guess uh, what, what I love to hear from you was like, yes, the formal aspect's critical, but I think just getting in that habit of reflecting regularly and frequently is so key. And to try and tie this back together to the beginning, we talked about trying to live within your mission and your value. How many times you get caught doing something where at the end you're like, that is not going to move the needle towards my my goals in life. And you realized, you know, probably, probably not the best use of time. You know, that's okay. You don't beat yourself up over it. But if you don't reflect and like learn from it, you're never going to. You're never even going to have that realization and you're going to continue to waste that time or misuse that time, I would say. So that's something I'm going to talk about reflecting. That's something I'm going to take away from this call is uh, trying to implement moments of reflection into really everything. You know, even like this podcast, like you said, I you know, I record a couple episodes a week, spend a lot of time on it, try to pour my heart into it. Like, If I don't reflect on how i'm doing and if i'm enjoying it and ways i could tweak it it's not going to be uh it's just going to be habitual and not going to give me everything it could
1: yeah i i agree i you know as you were speaking it it reminded me like you know a lot of times people um you know they give me advice on like how to relax and meditation it's so key and whenever i um think about meditating i kind of always have this same problem where i can't get into a true meditative state because my like um like stationary is reflection like i literally like it's a crazy constant you know brain flood of you know opportunities to reflect how did that go could have done that better um you know, what, what, what's going to happen next. Right. It's like, it's, and, and it, it, I think it's, so if I were to think about what this exercise is, is it's the opposite of meditation, right? It's like meditation, you're trying to disconnect from whatever's out there, um, that's causing you to stress and causing you to, um, lack focus and, and not be able to pull through and, you know, feel stress and feel rushed and all those feelings that you're trying to get rid of. But I think what the, it's hard to be vulnerable, right? And I think that's one other thing that we kind of mentioned already in the call, but like reflection is the exact opposite, right? It's like inviting those scary thoughts of like, what did I do wrong? Right? What are the things I could have done differently? How will I communicate with the people that are involved um, on a go-forward basis to salvage to grow to uh, make better um, and so I think that's really ex- again like think the exact opposite when you sit down to do this versus when you sit down to meditate I think one what's nice about our platform about you know our approach is that we are trying to de- to deliver a formal reflection process where students, and industry mentors and academic mentors can reflect on the experience that everyone just went through, um, through a series of questions that they could type into and turn into an artifact. But the reality is, is it doesn't need to be that formal. It could just be you asking yourself those simple questions. Um, what just happened? You know, how did it go? And how can it go differently? And how does this how does this materialize in my life in the future? And And that's really the creative part, right? It's Go in any direction, it could go. I'm going to use this advice in a totally different way than I expected, or it might be just the way you expected. But at the end of the day, I think it's going through some type of committed process to reflecting because it just isn't possible to grow without it. Because I think it's like the missing piece that allows you to both the brain connections to your reality, but also the the conceptual connections uh, based on what you're experiencing
0: man I, I I hope people are listening because <laughs> you know that's uh, uh, I, I think it's something that people miss you know people get stuck in in habits and um, to just don't don't really take that time and me too man I mean I, I think about a lot of things that I go through the motions of a weekly meeting that I've scheduled with my team and 11 weeks go by and I never took the time to seriously reflect. Do we need this meeting? How can we do this meeting better? What like what's the agenda going into all these meetings? You know, we just show up because that's you know kind of the the way things are going. Um, and man, you know, re- reflecting is definitely something I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take with me. I think that's a that's a good note to kind of wrap things up on. But I do want to ask Jordan um, anything that you want to elaborate on on the call or on that reflection piece before we kind of. Um, end things here?
1: No, I, I would just want to thank you, Sean. I, um, you know, I I know you're a hard worker and I commend you for, I think one thing you do really well is you you have this incredible knack for staying in touch and feeling accessible to your community and, and confidants. And I'm glad and grateful to be a part of that community and group of friends. I think, um, you know, something that's just Joyful and exciting about life is that there's really just amazing people a few feet away all the time, and you know I'm not necessarily saying that everyone needs to ask the guy on the elevator, you know, how they feel about the weather, but you know there's really opportunity um, and and take advantage of those moments in time. I think that's really what it is, both professionally and personally, because you know I just remember when we were um, in volcanoes National Park, we we realized like we were walking faster than everyone else in order to see the, the lava at sunset. And, uh, what we've shortly realized was that this wasn't a short walk. Um, and that we were on pace with you guys. And no matter how hard we tried, um, we weren't going to walk any faster, um, than each other. And instead of like turning it into competition, um, or like sneering at each other or, um, you know, just being dissatisfied, right? We turned it into um, a long thriving relationship as friends and, and, um, and members of each other's networks and, and supporters. So, you know, it's just like the, the people, the mentors, the facilitators um, in your life that will help you grow, you know, they're there, they're already connected with you and there's constantly new ones flowing in. And if you stay curious uh, and ask good questions, you will learn so much about yourself and others and then reflect afterwards and you know you're you're on pace to make a big change in your life so hopefully that helps and thanks again for the opportunity to share some of the wisdom i've learned you know hitting the pavement every day as an entrepreneur since i graduated because um it certainly uh was fun
0: well th- thanks man yeah i uh, i reflect on that often like you know it's not not so many times that you're like walk in National Park, strike up a conversation with someone that turns into a long conversation. We got dinner and chilled out at the beach a couple days later, you know, and um, have stayed connected since and had some of the best sushi
1: ever together.
0: (laughs) Hawaii um, Hawaii
1: sushi, no one's going to challenge that.
0: I know, right? I will will say, Jordan, I've always like kind of like looked up to you. Um, The way that you operate your business is it really, really is professional. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's structured well. It has such a great mission. It has a really you know large feel to it, which I love. Um, and even the way that you kind of communicate around your business and what you're doing is just a beautiful thing. So I want to thank you for taking the time to connect with me. I know it's been a busy day and week for you, but uh, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you soon, and uh, until next time, man. Ciao for now. Take care. Hey, thank you for watching today's episode. If you got something out of this, it would mean so much if you could just take a second and give us a rating on whatever platform you're watching it on. And it would mean so much to the world if you could just find one person that you think this message resonates with and you could share that with them. Thank you so much for your support. Looking forward to share the next episode with you.